0: So I want to introduce you to a young Hispanic conservative Air Force veteran who uh, uh, is she's a believer in the things that we were founded on. And she, for some reason, wants to go to Congress and she's running for the seat currently held by Charlie Crist, which would be a shame if he lost Anna Paulina Luna. Welcome to the program.
1: Hey, Glenn! Thanks for having me on.
0: You're you're uh, you're welcome. So we met a few weeks ago. You happened to be here in the building, uh, and uh, I had just stumbled across you. And somebody else, some other show in the building, had invited you on. And uh, my show was my show was over, so I invited you to to uh, come on because I want to find out a little bit about you, a little bit more about you. Um, you are uh, you seem to be all on the right track. You're pro God, pro life. You don't hate America. Um, tell me about tell me about some of the policies that you think Charlie Crist has wrong that you would not be voting the same way.
1: I mean, first and foremost, the guy says that he cares about veterans, of which I am, and then he went and ter- uh, voted against you know us getting health care, and in fav- turn favored illegal immigrants getting health care. And I think that a lot of what I talk on, a lot of the policies that I am so passionate about, it's because of my life experience. Um, not to mention, he's absolutely pushing the red flag laws. And again, going back to kind of how I grew up, I did not have a normal upbringing. And I realized that now, and it was really the military that I'd say, you know, helped me change my life around. But I had a very um, early on kind of interesting experience with firearms. And whether it was me, being involved in an armed robbery and walking into one when I was nine to having a cousin that was murdered to eventually being at a high school where there was gang violence and resulted on a shooting um, between gangs on campus. I am in no way, shape or form ever going to say that it is firearms and us taking away the right of the Second Amendment from the American people that is going to fix some of these issues. When you have people constantly pushing to remove God, uh, from society and replace it with government, that's where the problem is. And so if you want to start fixing the problem, let's start bringing back the morality back to the United States, back to the American people. So I mean, what he's done is essentially voted in favor of himself, not the people. He's been a Democrat, an independent, a Republican. he's currently a Democrat, and um, it's it's time for him to go. It's time to get people in Congress who care, who want to fix the issues, and who can reach across the aisle to fix some of these, you know, very horrific things that are taking place in our country, not really buy into the whole um, impeachment nonsense that they're really pushing. It's wrong, and I'm tired of it.
0: So you are the Hispanic Initiative uh, Chairwoman for Prager University, which is a great endorsement just there. You have yeah, over 400,000 uh, followers online. What is where did you come from when did you decide to do this
1: so i i'd actually been on track to go to medical school and I, this is about i'd say a year and some change ago um i got into a medical program i would completely gotten out of the military so that i could do that and i actually got a phone call from charlie kirk over at turning point usa And at the time, I had been in contact with Tyler Boyer, who's their COO, and they basically had offered me the position to be their national outreach director for Hispanic engagement. And I honestly didn't know at the time if that was really what was in the cards for me and really, I guess, on God's plan. And when that happened, I kind of realized, I was like, this is going to be, you know, pretty much a story out of the Bible. If I go to medical school, something crazy is going to happen. It's going to be like Jonah and the whale. Big whale is going to come swallow me up and bring me back so that I can help do this. Um, Now, kind of touching on why I really politically started speaking out was I had obviously my experience with the Second Amendment, but I started working closely with an organization called Veterans for Child Rescue, and they uh, basically handle counter-trafficking at the U.S.-Mexico border of children. Mm -hmm. And at that point in time, I didn't know that that was even an issue, and Hmm. honestly, it is. And after I was doing the digging that I was doing— and I found out about the horrific numbers of children that are trafficked. I knew that I had to say something. You know, the whole reason I wanted to become a doctor was that so I could help people. And I realized that by me staying silent, especially as a Hispanic woman, that not only was I failing myself, but I was failing these innocent people. It doesn't matter if you know who you are, liberal, Democrat, um, Republican, conservative, these are innocent children. This is something that we should all be working to stop, and it only can be done when proper measures are taken for border security. So I really started using my platform, and um, Turning Point's been kind enough to work with me on a documentary to get this information out there, so that'll hopefully be out here pretty soon.
0: Uh, well, I'd like to help you with that as well. Um, it it is you. it The numbers are astonishing. Astonishing. Uh, Into the and
1: thousands, and people don't even know.
0: They have no idea... Nobody in Congress is really talking about this, especially on the Democratic compassionate side. It is it is the most compassionate thing we can do is to stop people coming from coming over the border who we don't know who they are or if those are even their children. We are we are actually in in many ways helping these child traffickers now with the stupid rules that have been uh, put in on the border. But I digress. Um,
1: If I could just interject, and for those listening, this is not a joke. I've gone down there. I've talked to Border Patrol agents, and, you know, you literally, the stats will say about a third of the children that are coming over are not biologically related to these quote-unquote parent or family units and that they are essentially renting these children so that they can gain access and exploit our asylum laws, but aside from that, this Border Patrol officer told me of a story where he came across a family, he, or not family, but a group of women and a group of men that had been separated, and they were actually being forced to carry marijuana packages over the border. And so obviously they intercepted them, and what ended up happening was they found that at when they were you know, processing them in, one of the, wom- the women was crying, and she basically couldn't be calmed down and art asked her what happened and she said, you know, where's my child? Where's my child? And what they had done, um, what the cartels had did is they separated the men from the women and the women from the children and promised them if they successfully brought the loads over the border that they would reunite them with their children. And to this day, Art doesn't know what happened to those kids. And it's scary. It's, you know, one of those things that it's not like a drug where it can be used once. People think trafficking is this really clean thing. It's not. This is literally the sodomy, the rape, the torture—literally, sometimes even the killing of very innocent people—and it doesn't matter who you are. If we don't do it the correct way, if people don't come here the correct way, they're going to be exploited, and people are hurt on both sides.
0: So, Anna, I—I I used to ask people, you know, how their soul was, um, but um, I, I don't know if I don't—I don't know if people really understand what they're walking into and the danger that you are in when you go to Congress. I've—I've I've had friends who have have become everything that they said they weren't going to become. Um, it's a toxic atmosphere. Are, are, are you prepared for that?
1: I am, and I can say that this is kind of funny, but right out the gates I had someone like Matt Gates come out and endorse me, and I've never been the type of person to be bought. I, one of my campaign slogans is built, not bought, and I say that because everything that I've experienced in life the reason I speak out is because I know firsthand what that's like. I literally grew up in the welfare system, um, and I've been very selective about even taking certain money from certain lobbyists. I am a grassroots candidate. I've been to date leveraging my social media to raise all of these small-dollar donations nationally, and if all goes as planned, I'll be making the Young Gun list, um, which is the NRCC's list of, you know, top competing candidates for a district. And obviously, I need help raising that money. So if you can donate, please do. You can donate at com. But I am who I am. And I always feel that I'm answering to higher calling. And I'm not anticipating on being a career politician. I'm going to do what I think is right, what needs to be done. And then I'm going to leave and I'm going to tip my hat and, and let the next person take over.
0: How competitive do you think you could be against Charlie Chris?
1: I think, and I, you know, there are some great people running in, in this race, but when it comes to being able to actually go toe-to-toe with him and call him out on some of the identity politics that he's going to be using, I will be able to absolutely flip this seat. Not to mention, I have a very, again, unique background. And in part, what I also am passionate about is I've been working with an organization called Force Blue that does coral reef restoration off the coast of Florida. My husband's a scientific diver with that organization. And um, you know, I do have this aspect of you know being quote unquote a green conservative that I'm bringing to the table. And you know, every step of the way, again, I've been built for this. So I am probably the only contender for this race, and I do anticipate on flipping the seat. In so you,
0: you are, and I don't mean this as an insult, um, uh, you know, because you're the mirror opposite, but uh, you are kind of the AOC for the uh, for the right. If you if you were to win, when you say you're a green conservative. Does that mean that you're for government green deals, cap and trade, (laughs) all of that stuff?
1: No, I'm in fact, and I'm not even for a carbon tax. I think that it's been really interesting because I do obviously have some extensive background being that I'm a biology major and, you know, I'm kind of a science nerd in that aspect. But, you know, one of the biggest arguments for that is the United States is not even the number one polluter in the world, okay? It's places like China, India, a lot of these Asian countries that we're sending our manufacturing to. So why on earth, if you really wanted to fix the problem, would you then in turn basically tax the American family, the American people, an insane amount of money in order to fix a a problem that we can't even control that's not even us that's contributing that? Why would we not in turn try to encourage these businesses to bring their manufacturing back to the United States so we know that? They're not contributing to this global pollution. And then in addition to that, if these countries want to trade with us, well, then let's write some policy into our trade negotiations with these countries. It's in no way, shape, and form our responsibility to change our way of life, to literally stop eating meat and to stop using planes and automobiles in order to facilitate these countries that have, you know, even according to the uh, climate accord that we pulled out of, they God, um, you know, places like China are developing coal, cold manufacturing, cold plants, what, once a week? Mm-hmm. And yet we're all of a sudden the evil people. That's not what the scope and objective of this is. And in the United States, we actually, in my opinion, have one of the cleanest environments for that reason. So I'm for a clean environment, but limited government. And I think that that's the best way that you want to handle those types of situations.
0: All right. What is your web address if people want to find out more information or donate?
1: You can find me at www.votes.org. Anna, that's A N N A, and then Paulina, P A U L I N A dot com.
0: Anna Paulina, thank you very much. God bless. Good luck. You bet. Should say Anna. Anna
2: Paulina.
0: (sighs) How are you, Stu? I'm wonderful. You're but. not
3: coming with me this weekend to Salt Lake, are you? I'm not. No,
0: that's not. That's uh, pers- not right. Uh,
3: personal choice. Personal. Wait a minute. What? Player's decision. Uh, Hold it. Did not play. Player's decision. Re- no. Really? It would be great to go. I would love to. Um, you know, well, I've, I we I have some other a, things going on. Book a seat for um, you right away. Wait, do you have other things going on? Yeah, I, I think that this is the week that Taco Bell's having a sale. <laughs> they have those in Salt Lake City, not the one near <laughs> really? me. Really? Right? They, they, yeah. they move <laughs> okay. it out there. Well. Maybe. All right. No, it's going to be a great show. We've been. Uh, you've done Christmas shows before, and I think a lot of people in the audience haven't seen you do that kind of show before. Yeah, been a long time. It's been a long time. Been a long time. And it's they're uh, fun. That was the first time I actually really you had some Talent. ability yeah thank you thank uh, you to, to do this job yeah. no, because it was... I'd heard the show a lot of times <laughs> right. and seen you yeah. do the show I uh-huh. never really noticed uh-huh. anything uh-huh. of value and this then, is the
0: one thing that I do that Stu was really bummed when we said okay no more
3: of those oh yeah he was like
0: no that's my favorite thing it is
3: really cool it's a fun show it it, you know brings you into the into the Christmas season it's really really funny uh, and, uh, it's, it's a, I, I'm, it's a can't miss unless of course you're me and there's a Taco Bell sale yeah. near your house. <laughs> right. So there's some scattered seats.
0: Um, you know, the, the, the seats that are available, I think there's a f- few seats up towards the top, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and the, the deal of that is yes, you might get a nosebleed, but, uh, probably not, but I can guarantee you're not going to get hit with any of the flop sweat,
3: which is a huge benefit. <laughs> Huge, huge benefit. I mean, if you're in the front Very row, fair. people are paying yeah. all this money for these great seats yeah. and then you know they just you they leave, get flop sweat. You gotta bring like the Gallagher tarp be to like guard yourself. In so the front I, row. I
0: don't even know what to I don't even know what to wear because your
3: Santa suit. You wear your Santa no, it suit doesn't fit me, okay? Too
0: big? Already shut up. <laughs> all right. So I don't even know what to wear because you know I get hot, but if I if I wear like a sweater, then you know it's like the jim gaffigan thing (laughs) Mm -hmm. untucking your shirt it is the last gasp of the fat man right because i am moo moo i am right the next thing is i just give up i just give up and just start wearing a moo moo
3: just i i could see that i mean um you have the when you untuck the shirt who knows is it just falling straight down and not and and clearing your stomach by six inches or is it one inch you can't quite well, tell when you're. Winning. That's why it's. Yeah, you still kind of can see that there's something underneath. Occasionally, that. the wind
0: hurts you. Yeah. <laughs> so no wind in this theater. <laughs> uh, if you wanted to find tickets, you can just go glenbeck. dot There are very few left, but if you'd like to uh, grab a seat, I'd love to see you there. It's Saturday. glenbeck. slash Christmas. To Glenn. I want to bring in Kevin Ryan. He is a uh, writer for Glennbeck. dot com and uh, also uh, my program and uh, the Blaze. and He is he is (laughs) a different dude, man. He is just so much fun. Uh, And we we send you out to things where you just don't fit. You know, you just don't fit. I mean, you don't fit really anywhere. No, you know, my whole life. That's what I'm hearing. I mean, you work for me and you wear Birkenstocks. (laughs) Oh yeah. So I love
2: Birkenstocks.
0: Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> you look like a guy who would.
2: I hear that constantly. For sure. <laughs> yeah, I, And I love every single day of it, by the way. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing.
0: Yeah, so anyway, so we sent you out to uh, cover a couple of things, mm-hmm. and we haven't spent any time this week on Kamala Harris uh, dropping out. Uh, you have a story that uh, comes out, is it today, Glenbeck.com? It's yeah. out, yeah, it's up now. Uh, and you have kind of the behind the scenes because you saw her
2: how many times Uh, i believe 15 times
0: 15 times a lot more than you should have been required (laughs) (laughs) to do as part of your job
2: absolutely but
0: you were you you went to to follow these candidates to learn something about them so what is the article about and and what what do you take away from her failure
2: Uh, my first okay so what i did and when I first saw her, was I was like, "This, there's something captivating about her. It's terrifying. <laughs> she scares me. Yeah, uh, and she just wants the, she wanted that job so badly. Yeah, that I thought she, no one could ever stop her. Mm-hmm. So I wrote five articles about her, <laughs> and it's like, here we are, two months later, and it's like, well, those other three articles are never going to come out. <laughs> but and it, it taught me something about politics. Yeah, because uh, you guys are so clued into politics, and it's kind of a new game for me. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's just been fascinating. And Harris, Harris was the one, because well, my, my dad was with me in Iowa, and he said what really freaked him out was that she always has this, like, tear waiting in her eye to drop. <laughs> 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 and it's, it's just ready. Yeah. And she can just, and she would just could play all these different characters. Yeah. She did them very well. I really admired her. I didn't think I was going to admire her at all, but I just—you admired
3: amazing. her for her abilities, uh, abilities? terrifying abilities. Because wow. yeah. I, I wow. think there's a there's a uh, I think in a sense where you look at Kamala Harris and you say you see someone who seems to have ability as a politician and is relatively convincing at times, uh, but there's something I think you know like when you look at a robot and the robot looks human but not it's quite called the uncanny valley. The uncanny yes. valley, yes. And you it just feels weird like you you sense that it's not authentic. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's what it was like with with uh, Kamala Harris as we learned more about her. I mean, I, you know, if she had, you know, we talked when about When you
0: first see her, mm-hmm. we we talked about this yeah. at the very beginning. When you first see her, you're like she there's something charming about her. There's something real about her that seems like she's likable seems like she's likable <laughs> yes. but then the more she's around you're like no it's the uncanny valley and then all of a sudden you kind of hit the bottom of that valley and you're like i think she's a fraud Definitely. i don't think she's real and that's, way, I that's I where she is changed the, the
2: name of the article to uncanny valley that's good <laughs> uh, that's i mean that sums up her kind of essence like that there is there, and in person, it's like that because I also wrote an article about seeing her at this Baptist church and there's nobody there. There's no media. It was a rainy day. It was a miserable day. And she her sister got up and sang and Kamala gave a, this like heart rending, um, gospel driven sermon. And it, I, I had tears in my eyes. But when she walked off, I was like, that is a good politician. Yeah, yeah. I didn't. I didn't come away with like that is a real great person, right? <laughs> and we should know really.
3: uh, not a good enough politician, uh, quite yeah, clearly. yeah people sense apparently. it in some. In well, some I way. think that's
0: yeah. why. I think that's why Bernie connects with so many people is because that's not a poli- that's not a good politician.
3: Yeah, you know, he's Definitely. just
0: he's a mess. He's oh, a, Trump
3: Trump is kind Trump of Trump is way the too. same way. Like, yeah. He's not a, he's yeah. not what you'd think of as a politician, yeah. but people connect with him mm-hmm. because they feel it's authentic, right? right. And it's The same thing with Bernie. I mean, Bernie lies a lot. Uh, he gets a lot of points for being authentic, but he tells a lot of falsehoods. Yeah, he does. But he does them in a way that he believes them, right? <laughs> Just like
0: oh, <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah, and I think Trump is the same way. I think Trump believes 99% of the stuff that you're like, wait, what? <laughs> I think he believes that stuff, mm. you know? Bernie is the same way. Bernie is just authentic in his uh, in his look, you know, in yeah. the way he dresses. Uh, you know, you have to give him credit for being uh, really... Outspoken enough to say he's uh, at least leaning towards socialism, you know. During the Cold War, yeah, <laughs> you know, he's less authentic now because he just won't make that final step in. Like, yeah, I'm for communism, absolutely.
3: I know. He'll only say he's for socialism. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, it's so uh, misleading. Yeah, so misleading. With Kamala, I think too. Uh, one of the things we talked about, uh, we were comparing the fields one day uh, about 2000s from 2016 and the Republicans, and I, I said she, he, she is Marco Rubio, right? Yeah, like
2: that's a good comparison. The
3: on the paper vibe of rubio and harris was like this is a good formula to win this race right Mm -hmm. and never even though they might give some good speeches and have good moments in debates or whatever never was really able to connect with the with the voting uh public and uh, you know i don't know you made that point glenn years ago that after obama the last thing we'd be looking for is someone who was packaged packaged and like you know every line felt Perfectly focus group tested, and Rubio did a lot of that, and Harris did a lot of that. Well, you know, Harris, though, Harris became,
0: I think, mm-hmm. uh, Beto in the end, the where she was end. just oh, like yeah. lobbying, yeah. like,
3: yeah. yeah, she didn't
0: care. Hey, I and I'll eat your children if yeah. that's what it will take to vote for me.
3: What about banning yeah. all Republicans from Twitter? is yeah. that what you guys sign on to that? <laughs> that is yeah. weird, it's weird.
0: Okay, so another story that you, uh, that you have is, uh, on Joel Olstein, we did not have a chance to talk to you.
2: It's been so crazy. I mean, it's hard to keep up with the news.
0: Yeah. So, you, you were with Joel Osteen and Kanye a couple correct. of weeks ago. Tell yeah. me about that experience.
2: Glenn, it was insane. Uh, it was <laughs> just, I mean, just like setting up the scene is, is unbelievable. Joel Osteen hanging out with Kanye West at this church, uh, surrounded by media, um, at this mega church, and uh, performing with a uh, gospel choir. Uh, I mean a year ago he was a very different Kanye yeah very publicly mm-hmm. a very different Kanye um yeah I really I really wish you could have come I would was, have loved to I would have loved to have been there we'll go so, to the next one
0: okay so so who who did you feel
2: he was Kanye yeah um, I've he he felt I feel like his only mode is genuine and that's what people have a problem with they think he's being disingenuous. I don't think he. I think there's no off switch. Mm. And what does that mean? He can't.
0: He he's all or nothing.
2: All but, yes. But
3: whatever he thinks the truth is at that moment
0: that is, is what
2: he's truth. saying.
3: George Bush doesn't care about black people. Yeah. Uh, Donald right. right, like Donald Trump is the yeah. is the you know the greatest guy in the world. Whatever it is, he doesn't have the he doesn't have that filter to stop himself and try to rethink. Maybe I shouldn't be saying this.
2: For sure. And mm. and this is what I struggle with. I don't know if he just doesn't care or if it's just he feels an imperative to bring it out. And I know there's like, there's some mental illness there. And he's, there's f- probably some pills. I don't know. What, do, what does that mean? Was.
0: What, what do you mean? There was
2: bipolar. Um, it, that, that's on the record that yes. he's, okay. Yeah. His, the, he was hospitalized at uh, YMCA. Whatever, whatever, when they're put in involuntarily. Mm-hmm. When someone's mm-hmm. admitted involuntarily, he was admitted to YMCA um, mental health facilities. And pretty surely...
0: Isn't that... I mean, does that sound like a mental <laughs> health facility that any of us want to go? Oh, yeah. <laughs> what is the dream? You got to get into the pool. <laughs> Just get into the pool. Go play some volleyball. Yeah, play some volleyball and everything will be good.
2: <laughs> uh, when was that? That was maybe like nine months ago, a year ago. And when he was in at the facility, he was drawing churches and talking about um forming a church in calabasas where he lives and um it sort of turned into this gospel choir that was like kind of quiet at first and he's just been building from that and um it's funny of all the outrageous things that kanye's done i think i i rank uh the joel osteen church as like pretty high up there (laughs) (laughs) why why is that it was just so unexpected
0: and he's but he's he's very joel olstein i mean i like joel he's a friend of mine but he's very joel olstein joel olstein is a he's a gateway drug you know he's he's getting the people who are not going to church who are trying to you know uh find some god in their life but they want they want god The success that goes along with it, along with the happiness and everything else. And Joel preaches this, you know, uh, the gospel, uh, and it's very mechanical, Mm -hmm. uh, but the gospel of prosperity. And that's what, I mean, you know, even I think it was that weekend he said, I was down, I don't even know, $50 million. And I just got that back from the IRS. IRS.
2: Who has that? Who has that? I love that comparison. And I, I hadn't thought of it, be, but it's so true. And it's there's also this idea of like a, a public wide misconception about who the person is that I think applies to both men, wh- and which I, I have to admit I was kind of guilty going into this the service that I had an idea of Joel Osteen that is sort of like it was preformed because of what other people told me, and then when I mm. met him and when I was in the service I found myself tearing up and thinking like. How could this be bad? Like I can't see any reason why mm-hmm. helping people and getting them motivated and and helping them sort out whatever addictions they have or yeah. anything. How is that bad?
0: No, I you know, I I know Joel um fairly well and uh you know, his father was a a real old school preacher and he didn't have any intention of going in and preaching at all. Mm-hmm. And uh, when his father died, it kind of came down to him, and he wasn't thinking about it. And he had this big kind of transformation in his life, but he doesn't preach it the way his father would have. He, he, he looks for the things that are tangible today, and he knows he's a gateway to, you know, other deeper spiritual meanings. And I think he gets a bad name because I think there's a lot of people that are in the religious business, that don't like the fact that he does that. And and I don't think there's any problem. I mean, just help
3: people start on a road anywhere. Mm-hmm. Just start on a good road. Um, and are you concerned at all that, you know, what percentage of your job includes crying? Because you've told us <laughs> I multiple yeah. times yeah, you've teared up. Such yeah. an
2: emotional. It's the Birkenstocks. Yeah. As soon as I take those off, I'm like, yeah, let's handle the world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, man, I'm talking, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. Not, man. You are.
0: You are a. You're a mad genius. You oh, really are. Stock. You're a mad genius. More, maybe, perhaps, more mad. Definitely. Definitely <laughs> but sure. uh I love working with you, Kevin. Thank it, you so much. It's a
2: real joy. Uh, Thanks,
0: You'll find his articles right now at glenbeck.com. Thank you. Well, Mr. Stubergeer, here we are. Mm -hmm. Here we are, just a couple of days away from the articles of impeachment. Uh, Mm -hmm. I've already got my advent calendar out for that. (laughs) I open it up, there's another article of impeachment behind every
3: window it's It's so exciting
0: it's so exciting
3: and we're getting close to the senate trial which is going to happen after they impeach him i'm sure and there they will probably call hunter biden as a witness Mm -hmm. now hunter has a very interesting past as -hmm. as you know um and you're really i mean you've really you know you dove into his entire history and the corruption part which is very interesting i'm fascinated with him as a person because he has he gone is through a, some stuff, man. He's a shipwreck. Oh, my gosh. He's a shipwreck. And it's constant. You know, it's not like, okay, he had these problems 10 years ago and went to rehab. It's He's been to rehab, I think, six different times. Um, you know, he, ju- he went through a relationship. Then he started dating his brother's widow. Which is weird. Which is weird. While he was dating his brother's widow, he went to a strip club and impregnated a stripper, which he's now... Having to, uh, he went through a trial uh, just the other day. It was, well, they just kind of came to the conclusion that he did have to pay child support. And as part of this, he has to bring his financial records of five years. Complete. Mm -hmm.
0: The judge was very clear. (laughs) She has to, too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She has to, too. But uh, his complete financial
3: records. And that's going to be interesting. Now, after this, this stripper and after the widow... He wound up meeting, I think, a, an Instagram model or something, and married her. Well, like ten days in ten days after they met. Yeah. While we are now learning, while he was uh, married to, and, and I think he still is married to her, the ten-day uh, lady, the ten-day lady. He was uh, also went to a strip club multiple times. This is back in, uh, this is a few years ago, or no, it's late last year. Excuse me. And um, the strip club he went to, which he went to multiple times. At one point, uh, smelled something that so- smelled like burning styrofoam, um, apparently the uh, the smell of crack, huh. and they believe he was doing crack in the VIP room. At uh, the strip club. At the strip club. But other than after that, things mar- are going pretty well. After he married the woman after 10 days. Credit score's
0: good. Yeah. Uh, but the,
1: <laughs> You gotta look at
0: the upside. Should be an interesting Senate hearing.
1: You're listening to Glenn Beck.